I'm Cynthia Koffel, and this is Better Regulate Than Never. This is a show where young people can find so much information about emotional health and ways that they can unlock their greatest potential. So I'm so glad that you joined me today because you are going to start this amazing journey that you won't even believe. Hey you, thank you for joining me for episode number nine of Better Regulate Than Never. I had a student this week tell me that they just wanted to be normal. What is normal? I know I've said this so many times to my own self, like I so many times wanted to be normal. I remember when I started teaching the first year I was teaching, I looked around at all the other teachers and I wasn't like them. And I thought there was something wrong with me because I just didn't seem to fit in to what they were doing. And some of them would even tell me that I needed to do things differently and it just didn't feel right. And I, I struggled with that so much. And I thought, I don't think I'm supposed to be a teacher. I don't think I'm supposed to be in education. And oh my gosh, that was such the wrong thing to think. But at the time I was just looking around and I wanted to be normal. And to me, normal at that time was be like all of my peers um, in education. So everyone in the world worries about being normal and wants to be normal. And part of the reason why we are looking around and trying to be what we think is normal is because belonging is one of our basic needs. Everyone wants to belong to something, belong to a group or belong to a family, belong to, um, especially young people want to belong to a friend group. And because belonging is one of our basic needs, it is it is important to us to belong as it is to eat and to breathe and to um, drink water, all those things, because we are relational creatures. And that means that we need to have connections with other people. It's very, I mean, it's essential to being a healthy person. I think it's even more important sometimes for teens and young people to belong because at that point in your life, you're trying to become independent from your parents who, when you are a baby and when you are young, your parents are your primary connection or people in your family. But as a teen, you're trying to break away from that and have other relationships. And so your peer relationships become so important and we pretty much do whatever we have to, to maintain those peer relationships, even if those things hurt us, or even if those things cause us to lose our own sense of worthiness. Remember the very first episode when I said, you are 100% worthy and lovable, and there is nothing that you can do to make that more or less so. We think in order to belong, we must look around the room, the workplace, like I was doing when I was younger, our neighborhood, and see what other people are doing. And then we try to level ourselves to meet whatever that norm is in that situation that we're in. And everyone is doing that. This is a universal worldwide, no matter what age you are problem. 
If anyone steps out of the world, steps out of what the world sees as normal, they are set aside, ignored, ridiculed, ostracized. I think it's because that people think they are too much or not enough of in some way. But who sets the boundaries of normal? What is normal? Guess what? Normal is made up. There is no normal. And the good news is, when something is made up, we can help the world create a different way of looking at things. We don't have to look around the room and try to figure out what or how we should be. We arrived in this world with absolutely everything we needed to live here fully and peacefully. We are the ones messing it up by not realizing the very fact that we are already this minute 100% worthy and lovable, and we don't need to be smarter, prettier, stronger, more athletic, able-bodied, straight, white, male or female, or a certain religion, thinner, taller. This list could go on for hours. And that's very sad. We have everything we need for our journey from the very start. And some of us spend our whole lives thinking that we don't. I know I've spent too many years thinking that I don't have enough of something. Stop telling yourself that you wish you were normal. I don't wish this anymore. Normal sucks. <laughs> That's actually the name of a book that I listened to this summer. And then I ended up reading it too, because it just has meant so much to me. And I wanted to share it with you because I think it's really important. And I'm going to put, um, I'm going to put the information to buy this book if you would want to in the show notes. And I'm going to put a video of him speaking because that's what he mostly spends his life on speaking to people and also writing. But um, his name is Jonathan Mooney. And the tagline of his book is how to live, learn and thrive outside the lines. And his story talks about his struggles in school. So Jonathan was in special education. And he hated school because it was hard. And some of his teachers and other classmates didn't understand him. He felt like people were always trying to make him normal, and he wished he were normal. But as an adult, he decided to research normal, and he found out that it doesn't exist. We made it up. He now speaks to schools about his struggles and how he had resilience and bounced back from his troubled childhood to be a successful, happy adult. I want to read you some quotes from his book because these are some things that really stood out to me. And there's also a story he told that I want to read to you um, because it just really explains what I'm trying to say to you about, you know, striving for normal doesn't really make sense. I want you to be prepared. I want you to know how to live and thrive in a world that will at some point tell you, as it does us all, that you're not normal because of what you think, how you look, who you love, how you learn, how you feel, how you behave, or what you believe. I want you to know that normality or normality is a problem to be struggled with, to be resisted, 
and ultimately an idea to be rejected and replaced. Normal was created, not discovered, by flawed, eccentric, self-interested, racist, ableist, homophobic, sexist humans. Normal is a statistical fiction, nothing less. Knowing this is the first step toward reclaiming your power to define yourself, know yourself, and love yourself for who you are, not who you should be. Resisting normal starts with a refusal to hide, to cover, or to deny the parts of yourself that don't fit normal's story for you. In the book, Jonathan tells about a lot of experiences that he had, but one of the things he did while he was um, trying to make money for his books and also um, to travel for his speaking engagements, he volunteered at a local elementary school. And this is a story he tells about that. I worked for a long time with a kid named William. Before William was assigned to me, I had a sit down with one of his special education teachers. She told me that William couldn't read, couldn't write, barely spoke, and couldn't dress himself. After this briefing, the teacher walked me to William's classroom. He was big for his age with a lumbering gait. At that moment, he was standing quietly in the back of the room and appeared to be watching the birds outside the window. I introduced myself. He didn't speak or shake my hand. He pointed to the birds. At 8.15, a bell rang, and the rest of William's class started to walk in and find their seats. William didn't. He stood in the back, watching whatever was in his world outside the window. I asked William if he wanted to find his seat. He didn't answer just turned toward the row of desks and started to lumber towards one of the seats in the back row. William stopped. However, at the first seat that was occupied by a little boy, William wouldn't move. Let's keep going, I said to William. Time to sit down. William bent down and gave the kid a hug. Best part of my day, the kid said. I watched William for the next five minutes as he walked from desk to desk, stopping at each one and giving each kid a hug, fist pound, or high five. I later learned that William did this every day to every kid in every class. William, I realized, wasn't mentally challenged. He had the emotional IQ of Gandhi. He had the spiritual intelligence of Jesus. I sat outside of William's school and I thought about him and I thought about me. Give me something I care about, and there was not a deficit of attention, but hyperattention. I can't spell, but I could talk better than anyone I knew at Brown. I could see patterns on the soccer field others never spotted. I was the builder, the talker, the explorer. People spent so much time focusing on what was wrong with me that for so long, I couldn't see what was right. I left that school asking myself, what do we miss? What do we willfully ignore, misunderstand, or fail to know about ourselves and others when we make difference the problem? Everything, I think. I began to see the value of different brains and bodies everywhere I went. I met kids who couldn't read but could draw. 
Kids who couldn't write neatly, but spoke beautifully. Kids who couldn't sit still, but could hustle. And kids who couldn't pay attention, but could dream and invent. That's kind of making me teary because I think um, in working in education as many years as I have, um, that just speaks to me so much. I really try not to do that, and I do think I do a really good job of it, but I do see um, school as a way that sometimes really focuses on kids' kids' problems and disabilities instead of the things they can do. And I really work to not let those things get in the way of loving those kids. And I really do think that most of the students that I work with know that I don't see them that way and that I do see their their abilities and their talents and their gifts that they're giving the world. And I want you to see those same things about yourself. I want to see those things about myself. And I do. And I hope, I hope that this episode really helps you to see those things that are so good about yourself and also to help you to have an encouragement to change the world for other people. You know, I, um, I felt like I didn't fit in and that I needed to be normal and I don't even have a disability. I can't imagine. I mean, in school, I wasn't, there wasn't anything, anyone telling me that I couldn't do certain things because I already fit what is considered to be normal in a lot of ways. I can't imagine if I didn't. Oh, gosh, <laughs> I didn't expect to cry. Okay. Um, Jonathan ends with this, and I think it's a great way to kind of end this podcast, and I, I love what he says. Our love for the same has led to a world built for the same. Space and time, social roles, styles of communications, all are designed for the normal at the expense and exclusion of the different. This must change, not because it is the right thing to do for those people, but because it is the right thing to do for all people. No human is normal, and the surest path to an unethical life is to forget that and force a way of being on anyone. Those parts of yourself that might be called not normal have value, and those that fit the norm, your gender, class status, ability, skin color, and privilege, make you no better than anyone else. You must fight for the right of every person to be different, and even more forcefully when the differences being fought for are different from your own. You have a right to be free of normal. You have a right to be different. 
I can't tell you how badly I needed to hear that message when I was a young person, but obviously how badly I need to hear it right now. I struggle a lot with wanting to be normal. And the ideal that I'm striving for may not be someone else's ideal, but we're all caught up in this game of trying to be normal. And I hope that today helps you get free from that struggle and that game. It might be important to do some thought downloads about this episode and the things that you're finding negative about yourself and things that you're wanting to change because you don't think they're normal and start looking at those differences as your gifts and talents. Like how do those things bring out beauty in the world? Because they do. And it's kind of like last week's episode when we were talking about telling your story from the hero's point of view versus the victim's point of view. Look at how those differences bring beautiful and wonderful things to this world. And I know they do. So send me your stories about things that you used to see as negative in your life, but now you're seeing how they're bringing gifts and talents to to your part of the world. Thank you so much for listening today. Please tell your friends about this podcast and rate and review my podcast wherever you listen to it. That is how more and more people will hear about this podcast and will be reached because I don't know a lot of people. So, you know, as it gets shared and rated and reviewed, people will find it. And I think it will help so many people. Every day we get to decide what our thoughts are going to be. So choose wisely. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to Better Regulate Than Never. Music in this episode was provided by archesaudio.com. Make sure you check out the show notes for links and activities that will help you to get the most out of this episode. I cannot wait to talk to you next week. If you enjoy this show, don't forget to review and rate us wherever you get podcasts. 